Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 606. What you do to others will be done unto you. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Brewer. Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Great to have you here. Chris Brewer is the Director of Public Relations for the Amelia Island Concours d'Elegance. It takes place every March in Amelia Island in Florida. Chris is an automotive writer with a doctorate in theology. He has an extensive background in working with nonprofit organizations, and his passion for vintage sports and GT cars knows no bounds. He co-runs the monthly Automotive Addicts Car and Coffee Cruise-In with fellow Drive columnist Malcolm Hogan. He's an avid writer and photographer. Chris is the senior editor of Automotive Addicts. He reviews vehicles and writes a blog for Carfax, and he's a frequent contributor to Hemmings Motor News. The Amelia Island Concours director is Bill Warner, who's also been a past guest here on Cars Yeah. So Chris, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure thing, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. You bet. It's a real privilege to be here. I've been listening for a long time, and I've always enjoyed... Uh, oh, thank you. Absolutely. I've always enjoyed the, the show, the uh, format, uh, the people that you have on are always top-notch. Cool. It's a, it's a thrill to be here. Yeah, I am, uh, first and foremost, I guess I'm a dad and a husband, and uh, just behind that, I guess I'm a, a writer, and I like to, to tell stories. Yeah. That's really, I guess, what uh, makes me who I am, and I think part of the passion of cars is that I can see how they tell stories, and they do such a great job. They're uh, there's something that unites people. There's something that uh, people can, uh, of all races and creeds, can stand around and look at them and say, this is beautiful and this is exciting. And I, I just think they're uniters. And it's something that's helped me tell my story uh, through the cars I've owned, the cars I've written about, the cars that I drive every week for Carfax and review. There's the old uh, axiom that says a river runs through it. I guess uh, for us, uh, uh, the interstate would run through it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I've really enjoyed reading your writings. I've been a Hemming subscriber forever. I love Carfax. And so 
You're one of those guys that is living the dream. You get to wrap your passion for cars into your vocation and what you're doing. And I love that concept of sharing because cars really are a binder of people. They bring people together at all different levels of socioeconomic planes. Uh, you and I just returned from Car Week not too long ago down in uh, Monterey, Pebble Beach. And if one thing is for sure, it doesn't matter what level you're on, what kind of car you have, everybody's your friend down there during Car Week. That's for sure. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Chris, take the wheel. Absolutely. I definitely am a man of faith. Uh, we talked about uh, my background in theology, but I think my quote would be uh, the golden rule, and it's, um, it's sort of a universal golden rule. It's the rule of reciprocity. Uh, you know, What you do to others will be done unto you, mm. and I think I, ch- I try to live my life with that as a code, I try to teach my kids to live that way, and it spills out into other areas of our life. We have a a little saying in our house that no one ever sits alone and it, it, it sort of works itself out. My kids are in uh, high school and middle school and if they see someone sitting alone in the cafeteria, we've trained the brewer kids to go sit with them or oh, invite nice. them over to their friend group. And I've always tried to live my life that way. I've befriended plenty of loners and, you know, frankly, I was a loner myself in high school and I certainly had a friend group that I developed over time, but I was a shy little kid. I kind of got bullied in junior high. I rolled into high school and wasn't really sure who I was, and uh, one of the kids in the hockey team, I moved to a new school. My parents uh, moved us across country. This huge hockey player came and sat at my table, and I thought he was coming over to beat me up. I really did. And he looked at me. His name was Mike. He looked at me, and he said, I was new here three years ago, and I sat alone for almost six months at this school. He says, and no one's ever going to sit alone as long as I go to school here. Oh, so wow. That moment changed everything for me. It was just that affirmation that I wasn't alone. And I'll tell you what, it, it was a, it deeply impacted me. And, and that's try, that's kind of how I try to live my life. Um, you know, uh, there's certainly people that are alone that are around me all the time that I'm just not aware of because frankly, we get wrapped up in life and we get tunnel visioned. But if I can take a minute and just look around, uh, there's just so many great people and great things to, uh, invest into. And I guess that would be sort of the, my life's mantra. Am I perfect at it, Mark? Absolutely not, but I'm, I, I strive every day to be the best I can at that. Wow, what a nice way to go through life, and wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone just practiced that simple rule? By yeah. My parents taught me that as a, a young kid, and of course you learn that when you go to church, and it's so simple and so easy, but so few people do it. So very nice life mantra, my friend, very nice indeed, that's great. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Go back in time. Think about that moment in life, that pivotal moment when you realized that you were a car guy. Yeah, you know, um, I, I was thinking about this a little bit. And I think there are those moments when I was a kid when I saw that, you know, my first Ferrari Testarossa and I almost got knocked over. And, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I had a, a crush on one of my neighbors, Pantera. I, I could hear it start <laughs> up from two blocks away. But, you know, frankly, that wasn't really it. I uh, I was in college and my dad gave me his old um, early 80s Volvo 240 wagon. And uh, it wasn't anything to look at and it certainly wasn't an enthusiast car, but it was a great car. We named him Elvis and everybody loved Elvis. And I was a broke college kid. So whenever that car broke, I had to figure out how to fix it. And mm. these were the days before you could get online and, you know, search Google to find out how to change this and that. So 
I would have to go to the library or buy those Haynes manuals and Chilton. And I think the first time it really struck me that I loved cars was uh, I was driving it across country. We had this terrible oil leak and it was just pouring out of the block profusely. And, you know, a bunch of college guys in this car. And I'll tell you what, that car is awesome. You can fit like 32 people in that car. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't think I, I don't know if we ever hit quite that mark. And, uh, but you could put so many people in there. And I remember we're driving with the th- three of my buddies and it's, uh, it looked like we hit, uh, Texas gold or whatever. We were leaking oil all over the, the interstate. And, uh, I pulled over to three different service stations and all of them just poured oil in the, in the engine and said, uh, you know, we can't figure out what it is. And good luck, kid. <laughs> yeah, good luck, kid. So I got to my destination, opened it up, spent about 20 minutes under the hood and realized that the oil sending unit had broken off. Uh, There's that little, yep. that little nipple at the end. It had snapped off and it was just leaking out of there when I'd get, uh, oil pressure up. And, you know, I went and I got a, a, a adjustable wrench and I put the new one on in about three minutes and the car was saved and I didn't run out of oil <laughs> and everything. And I realized, wait a minute you know what, I have this college education, I can probably work on my car if I do some homework and yeah. study and learn a little bit. And I think that little tiny success really stirred me on to do bigger and better things. And pretty soon I was pulling transmissions apart and all kinds of stuff. I wouldn't call myself a mechanic by any stretch of the, the word. And I know people who listen to this program that are brilliant mechanics. I am a wrencher at best, but it does bring me joy and I do enjoy it. And I think through... Being under the hood is really where that that uh, passion came from, but it came out of necessity. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I didn't just wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be a car hobbyist. I woke up and said, hey, I need to get to work. And the only way to do that is to get this car rolling again. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple of things you said there are pretty funny. You had a crush on a Pantera. Now, most young men have a crush <laughs> on the girl down the street or a block over or something, but a, a crush on a Pantera. I remember when I was a kid, this really beautiful old Porsche 356 drove by and I was with mm. my mom and I said, oh man, that's so hot. And she goes, that's not very polite to talk about young women like that because there was a girl in the car. Well, I didn't rec- I didn't even notice there was a girl in the car. I said, what are you talking about, mom? I'm talking about the car. She goes, well, there was a pretty blonde in the front. Said, oh, there was? Oh, oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, she's she's good looking too, but the car is much better. So that's great. I get it. I get it. Car yes. guys, car guys. Well, Chris, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk a little bit about a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. Of course, the most important part of this has to do with how you overcame that, how you came out of it, and what did it teach you. So take us to that painful place, walk us through it, and then tell us how it helped you improve. Sure thing. You know, uh, without getting into too many details, because frankly, it's the past and I don't want to live there, Mm. but the truth of the matter is whenever... I have realized in life that whenever money gets on the table, a lot of people change. It's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't mean to. I think I think even the most earnest of people, when enough money is on the table, it's something inside of us. I don't know if it's a chemical reaction. I don't know what happens. But uh, there was a series of events or two that I've had that uh, money has, has come on the table. And not big amounts, Mark. I mean, we're talking <laughs> we're talking pocket change compared yeah. to, you know. But um, But I've learned that through those times, you know, it's... I've just learned that uh, you have to to really know who people are. You've had you have to discover, you know, who they are, and and sometimes even in that situation, talk into it and say, okay, listen, I know that in this things can get greedy and ugly, um, but how can we work around this? And I found myself in a situation where things were going pretty well, and um, things started to finally turn a corner financially, and and when they did, and things looked better than ever. Um, 
some egos kind of reared up and things fell apart. And mm. frankly, I had to kind of start over my whole uh, career oh and what goodness. I was doing. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a business startup that I had done. Um, good, noble thing, too. I mean, it was great. It should have been. It was great. It had its season, too. That's mm-hmm. the other thing that I've really learned is that things really do have a season. I think sometimes we try to extend things beyond the season and we almost run out of grace for that situation. And then we start <laughs> That's a nice striving. Yeah. We do. We start striving in it. We start trying and trying and trying. And it's funny because really we're probably supposed to change gears. I love all these car <laughs> metaphors. Yeah, you're doing you know, a great so- job. <laughs> Thanks. We're supposed to change gears. We're supposed to, but we're, we're reluctant because sometimes there's that fear there's that anxiety, you know, right. should I step out in this? Am I alone in this? Uh, will, what will my friends and family think? But, you know, I've learned to take those risks and take those chances. And uh, sometimes it's worked out great. And sometimes uh, I've learned a lot through it. That's probably the best way to put it. So without getting into detail here, let's let's talk a little bit about the takeaway here, because what you're touching on, I'm very familiar with. I've seen it happen before. It's happened to me. When these things happen, they're learning lessons, of course, and sometimes, uh, bless my dear wife, she's she's way smarter than I am when they've occurred with mm-hmm. me. She says, well, maybe you just dodged a bullet you didn't even know you dodged. Yeah, it's good. So uh, maybe give us one takeaway from that experience that you had that might help other people that find themselves in that similar position. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to keep going back to the faith stuff. I, I learned to, uh, honestly, I learned to trust in God to that, that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to my wits end. I didn't have anywhere else to go. Fear had kind of taken me over, and I, I, I always grew up praying. I always learned that prayer was a, a necessity, but frankly, just knowing that I wasn't alone in that situation and that I could call on a, this higher power and that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes the silence was deafening. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'd say, you know, is there an audible voice? Is yeah, there something? Help me, help me. <laughs> but most of the time, it was just that peace that would come through that situation. Yeah. And then uh, learning not to be so stubborn and to just look for help way before that would have been so much better. Well, yeah, there's another key thing there is learning to look for help and whoever you reach out to, a, a higher level or a friend or a family member, just talking it out, walking through yeah. it. That is a huge help, I think, for many, many people. And I think you said it well, too, is take these experiences as learning experiences. Yeah. Uh, so many of the greatest entrepreneurs, greatest business people are not afraid of failing. In fact, they look forward to it, in essence because it teaches them so much how they can move forward and which road not to drive down, to use another metaphor, <laughs> yes, which, cl- which cliff not to drive off of. So I appreciate you sharing that very important message. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. This is the time when those Marshall headlights to come on and kind of illuminate your way to a new direction, a new focus that you have. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. That's great. And it leads right into the, the last conversation leads right into this too. Um, you know, we got to the end of the road with that business venture and, uh, really I just felt like I needed to shift gears. I needed to, to change, uh, momentum. And I started to kind of bat around some career ideas and, uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, come and write for my automotive blog. You know, uh, we'll go on a trip. You can write it up for me. Um, and I did, and it it seemed good. And I, you know, I have a strong writing background. I'm not saying I was a strong writer necessarily, but I had a strong writing background. I had done a a doctoral thesis that was a couple hundred pages, and I had to defend it and all this good stuff. And mm-hmm. it just felt like, um, you know, I had something to say, or at least I thought I did. And uh, I kind of channeled that towards the automotive outlet, always keeping sort of that family uh, relationship 
theme in the background, even in my automotive writing as much as I could, mm. uh, to try to make it human if I could. Uh, and that one, uh, it's really amazing. Um, you talk about uh, favor in a situation. That one blog turned into a weekly newspaper column. Oh, uh, in nice. Our, in our, yeah, yeah, in our newspaper. So I got tapped to do that uh, for the, the Florida Times Union, and I started writing a column called An Addictive Take on Cars, and it was a lot of fun. I, I still do it frequently, um, not as much as I used to. I used to do it every single week. And, uh, and then through that, I started writing uh, for Hemmings on their blog more and more. I, write, I wrote for Cars Direct for a while. And then uh, it was really great through all of that, the aha moment. I just really, I got a love, a love for it. Um, last uh, June, Hemmings uh, Sport and Exotic Car came and said, would you do the cover story for us? Oh, so, nice, nice. Yeah, I got to get my uh, pictures on the cover. That's the other thing in that aha moment. My friend gave me his old DSLR camera and he said, listen, I don't use it anymore. Learn how to shoot on it if you want to. You know, it's up to you. It takes a little bit better pictures than your cell phone and right. uh and then, you know, a year later, I had the cover of Hemmings with the thing. So it's so exciting. You know, when you nice. finally fall into this groove and you figure out what you're supposed to be doing versus uh, the things that you think you're supposed to be doing. And you know what's really exciting, Mark? I know that this chapter in my life is fantastic, but I'm not going to put even limits on this. Who knows what the next chapter holds? Oh, but absolutely. I'm just, I'm enjoying this, though, and this is great. So I guess that's it. You know, I, I just figured out that I could tell my story and use cars to... Take it someplace. Yeah, it's the vehicle yeah. to take it there. Well, that's it. Another metaphor. I know we're full of those today, but uh, <laughs> I think they work really well for this. And, and what the the takeaway I got from that message you just shared is: don't be afraid of stepping out of your bounds and showing people yeah. what you can do. But really, what you did is what Car Jazz is all about. Here is all my guests have figured out how to wrap that passion for cars into their vocations, their careers, even their avocations, their hobbies, and so forth. But you just go out there and try it and do it. Write something. You, you know, nowadays there's so many tools. We can create our own websites for free with a click of a couple buttons. We can put our work out there in so many different ways for really, really inexpensive costs. And uh, who knows where it might lead? You might be on the cover of Hemmings. <laughs> you never know. And, and honestly, uh, I am proud of what has happened. But trust me, uh, you know, it's 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 not because... I have some super set of skills or anything. It was just a, I, I had a great friend base that was wrapped around me and mm -hmm. I worked really hard. Uh, one of the things I've learned as a writer is every story that I publish, I try to put my best into it, even if I have a really tight time constraint, because with what you're talking about, even with the online presence, these stories can follow you forever. Oh, so gosh, I have to yes. remember, I've got to remember that my worst story has to be, you know, I have to think if my worst story is the only one that anyone ever reads, is it going to be so horrible that I cringe when I find out that they read it? Yeah. And, I, and I try to live that way every day because, uh, you know, a lot of weeks I'll write 3,000 words, 5,000 words in a week. And when you're writing that much, you, especially in shorter articles, you can have a tendency to start to get into patterns and get a little right. bit sloppy. Yeah. And I have a really great editor, especially at Carfax. Uh, my friend Jim Sharifi, great editor, works really hard to make me look better even than I am. Cool. And I guess that's another piece of advice I can give out. Look for an editor that's a better writer than you are. <laughs> you know, I always say that we are the culmination of the people around us. Always uh, friend up. As I say, is, yes. is surround yourself with people that will push you, uh, make you better. My wife, I always joke with her because my mom says, marry up, marry a woman who's way smarter than you. She'll keep you sharp. I did that. She remembers things I don't even have the pleasure of remembering, but <laughs> it still works really well. It just keeps you sharp, keeps your pencil sharp, in your case of writing, uh, keyboard skills sharp, if you will. So very nice. I like it. 
Well, let's talk about a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you'd share with us today? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very recent too. Um, in April, uh, Bill Warner, uh, the president and founder of the Amelia Island Concord Elegance, uh, called me in and sat me down and offered me a, a full-time position there at uh, the, the show as the yeah. director of public relations. <laughs> cool. And, you know, I had grown up loving this show. A uh, big reason why I moved to Jacksonville was because of the show. My dad, my dad moved here a few years before I did. He said, Chris, there's two things you got to see. The Jacksonville Jazz Festival, which is an excellent festival. It's great. And he said, but even more importantly, you've got to come to this car show. And at the time, it had just been around for maybe a year or two. So you got to come to this car show called the Amelia. You're going to love it. Hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what, I got the bug. I got the bug early. I went. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I got tickets. I went. My dad and I had the time of our lives. I had never seen half of these cars in person before. And here they are right before me. Uh, running. That's what I love about the Amelia too. The cars run and they make these great noises and they smell oh, yeah. great and there's unburnt fuel and it, it's intoxicating the whole environment. And, uh, Bill does such a great job bringing in personalities to wrap around the cars. Mm-hmm. So you meet Hans Stuck and then you see this huge collection of the cars that he actually raced oh, back yeah. in the day. And it's just, it hits you like a ton of bricks as a car guy. Cause you say, listen, these aren't just, I know they are. Don't, don't, I'm not going to get too carried away, but you know, <laughs> you, you look at these pieces of metal and, and iron and rubber and glass and you say, Oh my gosh, it's, it's almost like they're, they're alive. <laughs> I know they're not, but it feels like they are. Sure. And, uh, you connect in this, uh, you know, almost this emotional level and it's very powerful. So when he tapped me and asked me to do that, it was great. And I'll tell you what, every day, uh, when I go into the office and I get to hang out with him and we, we're friends and we talk about cars and time goes by way too quickly. It's really, you know, not just if I brought my passion, but I'm working with someone who I consider a hero and a friend. And every time I tell him that, he gets grouchy because he's like, <laughs> I'm not a hero. I'm just a car guy. And, I can but, hear him. <laughs> but he is. He is a hero. And he's uh, yeah. been a great mentor. And, I'm, and I want to soak up as much as I can from him and from the, uh, the organization and learn from them because it's, it's, it's a great place to be. Well, congratulations for that Thank new role you. there. Fantastic. As I mentioned at the beginning, Bill's been a. He was an early guest here on Cars. Yeah, he was so gracious to come on my show, and I was trying to build up a, a list of prominent people that have been around. He's introduced me to so many great people that have been on the show, including you. That's so great. Uh, That's great. Fantastic. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and, again, go back in time. I'd love for you to share that first really special car that you had and maybe a memory with that vehicle. Sure, sure. Well, I talked about Elvis, my Volvo, and the, the Elvis was <laughs> Elvis was great. But frankly, Elvis wasn't the best car in the world. First gear didn't really work. It was one of those cars you had to use both hands to keep it in first gear when you let the clutch up because oh it would pop out. And um, I mean, just about everything, the wiper motor was, was intermittent. All the things that you need to drive around safely <laughs> seemed to be compromised on that vehicle. So, Poor Elvis. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, eventually, Elvis did leave the building and was replaced <laughs> by... A 1984 300ZX with T-tops. It was a cool car. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was only five or six years old. So it wasn't, you know, now I think of an 84 300ZX as being an older car. But at the time, it was still pretty, it was still kind of a hip car that a oh, yeah. hip guy would drive. And I kind of I cut my teeth on that car. I fell in love with the Z. I mm-hmm. fell in love with the whole concept, which I still love today. Uh, it's still, I've got a 71 240Z that I drive around all the time. And yeah. It's just a fun car. You know, is it a super valuable car? Not necessarily. Is it 
absolutely a blast. And, and it's iconic to so many people that are my age. I'm 43. So many of us, it was one of those cars that we saw as a kid and we thought, whoa, right. is, that a, is that a Ferrari? It's not a Ferrari. Is that a, a Maserati? No, it's a Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, but, but that, that 300ZX was definitely, uh, and, and I owned that car when I met my wife, Erin, uh, and we've been married for 19 years and we cool. dated in that car. And yeah. I think that would definitely be the, uh, the takeaway on that. Um, the other thing that I did in that car was I was on 95 in Massachusetts and I hit a patch of ice and I spun around six times oh my on the gosh. highway. Yes, oh. six times. Didn't hit a single thing, Mark. Oh my I don't gosh. Know how I did it. <laughs> I just kept spinning and spinning yeah. and spinning and spinning and the world was just coming and going and coming and going and coming yeah. and going. And it finally came to a rest on its own momentum. Oh my and, gosh. Um, Everything's just kept spinning, though. Of course, I might have spun only five times. The fifth yeah. one, the sixth time, may have been in my head. It just kept your going. Your heart going. was beating out of your chest. I'm Ooh, sure. Was it ever? It was oh, the whole ordeal. No joke. It took forever. And I know that all people people came rushing out of their cars to see if I was okay because it was so dramatic. And anyway, make a long story short, <laughs> the wow. car somehow was fine. Yeah, I it, it tracked straight down that highway. It was a big, big stretch of highway. No other cars in the way. Thank God. Um, I'm still alive, but the car survived. Eventually, the car. Oh, boy, the poor car. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. I'm getting misty just thinking about the. Um, well, that was the old Datsuns are so cool. When I was a kid, I started a detailing business, and there was a lady down at the end of the street. Beverly was her name, if I remember right. This would have been seventy seventy one. So I was about twelve, thirteen years old, and she got one of the first. 240Zs. And um, it was a lime green color. And I remember she asked me if I wanted to detail it for her. So I didn't even have a license. She let me back it out of the driveway and drive it up the street <laughs> to my house and park it. And I thought, oh man, this is so cool. And it is cool. spent the whole day, you know, rubbing on that car and making it look all <laughs> shiny for her and took care of that car for many years. So those have a special place in my heart as well. Now, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Yeah, this is going to sound strange. I owned a 1992 BMW E34 Touring. It was a 525i wagon. Oh, nice. And a little 2.5 liter engine in it, probably underpowered. You know, this isn't a sports car. But I don't know, something about that car kind of got under my skin. Because now whenever I see one rolling down the road, I think, boy. And you know, here's the funny part. It was beige. I think they called it champagne. <laughs> yeah. But let's face it, it was beige. Yeah, kind of and, vanilla. Uh, <laughs> it was so vanilla, and I don't know what it was about that car. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If I get on Craigslist, I still kind of look and see what's out there for yeah, those cars. So, yeah. you know, could I pick one up really inexpensively? Absolutely. It's, you know, am I going to go bring it into car shows? I mean, no. But I tell you what, it just, it was one of those cars that was so practical, so affordable, so dependable that I'm kind of sad that I let it go. I mean, I think it still would be running pretty well today if I had just kept it and done oil changes. Sure. And, yeah. No, they're. They're great little cars. I love touring cars. I used to travel a lot in Europe for uh, business looking for cool products to buy and, and sell to automotive enthusiasts. And over there, the wagons are like the SUVs here at the time. In fact, there were no SUVs over there. Just gas prices were too high. But there's all these cool wagons, including the BMW wagons. and They're touring, as they called them over there. So I, I like them as well. I think they're they're really cool looking cars. Even today, I love the, the look of them. I was looking at the other day at the new Audi S6 Touring uh, oh, yeah. wagon. It's just yeah. a really beautiful car. So cool. Sure is. Well, let's talk a little bit about today and what has you really excited and fired up. You, know, you talked about being involved with Amelia Island now, but what has you really turned on today, really excited that uh, has you looking forward to the future? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously, the the working with the Amelia is great. Our 2017 show, one of the features of it, and you'll see how this works. For the first time, uh, a major concord, we're going to celebrate Japanese exotics and performance. Ah, cool. Part of the show. <laughs> so we're bringing in some vintage race cars. I'm not going to give away too many secrets, but there'll be some things that haven't been in the U.S. in a long, long time nice. that will be there. A lot of the stories uh, that I remember as a youth are wrapped around these cars, especially. So to be able to see them in person, get up close to them will be really, really exciting. Another class that we're doing is the cars that are the stars. And we're bringing in some iconic cars that were in movies. Oh, not, nice. Not cars that were, you know, not the kind of car that was in the movie, but the actual cars. Uh, yeah. So they'll be there signing autographs, which I think is pretty fun. I don't think the cars <laughs> will actually do that, but... The concept of being able to be next to these cars or in some of our favorite films. as and, and that class is starting to really develop, and there's some neat surprises. And I don't think anyone will be disappointed if they yeah. make it out to the oh, show. Yeah. So You know, I love the, the concept of the Japanese because the Japanese cars as collectibles have really kind of come into their own the last few years. And they're affordable for younger collectors because the car market, as we all know, has gone through the roof, especially yes. for collectible cars. I mean, there's so many cars I would love to have, but they've just become unobtainium in their pricing i know but I know. Uh, the japanese cars are more accessible they made more so that young people can go out and find a 240z they can work mm-hmm. on it and shoot mm-hmm. you can even drop an ls engine in one of those things and make, make it go really <laughs> you, you sure can now here's an idea for you, you could have the the tire uh inked up and roll over something as a signature for people <laughs> i there like you, that there you go you know, that's- so. That's actually a brilliant idea, Mark. Well, I like that. You can have that one. Well, thank you. You can have that one. So that'd be kind of cool. Well, very fun, very fun. Well, I'm really happy. I can't wait for next year's event. And that'll be in March as always, correct? That's correct. Yeah. The second uh, the second full weekend in March. So it's the 10th through the 12th in Great. 2017. Very cool. Well, make sure, listeners, you go to the Amelia Island Concord webpage. Check it out. I think new things are going to be up there in the next coming months of what's coming up. Sounds like a absolutely another spectacular year there at Amelia Island. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Chris. If you were a car, what kind of car would Chris be and why? Uh, you know, this is one of those questions where I, <laughs> I want it to be like, you know, this Mercedes GTS or whatever, but uh, it's not. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> My mother is Italian, first generation here in the United States, nice. uh, uh, Italian grandparents uh, from the motherland. So I would say, and this is this is interesting, I would say that I am a, Do- a 2016 Dodge Durango with the RT motor. I'm, I guarantee you I'm the first person that's ever said this Yes, one. you are. <laughs> There's a bunch of reasons. You know, FCA uh, is the uh, mother company, right? So yeah. you've got the Italian roots there. Mm-hmm. It's an American car. Uh, I'm American. I'm proud to be an American. I love the country. It's seat seven. I believe in family. I've got... Nice. Uh, Two daughters that are very important to me, a wife that I love very much, um, parents who live around the corner, and we do stuff together all the time. And, and we try to do everything. So seven seats makes a lot of sense for me. But at the same time, I like American muscle. So you've got that big Hemi engine in there, the V8. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it, it's it's got a little bit of kick, a little bit of power, uh, 300 and... Uh, what is it? 360 horsepower, 390 uh, oh. pound-feet of torque, you know. Tons of cargo space. I've kind of become known as the guy who carries the backpack around with everything in it. You know, if you need a Band-Aid, ask Chris. He probably has one in his backpack. Um, that Part of that's being a photographer. Uh, photographers, we carry everything on oh, our back. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, tourniquets, whatever you need. You know, sure. uh, IV, uh, you're low on <laughs> fluids with no problem. 
actually have no IV. So if you see me <laughs> at a race and you need one, go somewhere else. But, um, I think that that make that I know it's not the most exotic pick in the world, but you wanted me to be honest and just say really where I saw myself. And I think that's kind of where I am. So no, you answered that question perfectly, perfectly. I appreciate that. Past cars, yeah, I guess Ralph Gilles, who's the head of global design for Fiat Chrysler, is smiling right now. So he's very yes. happy to hear that as well. <laughs> so very cool. Well, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars, yeah, sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Chris, we are entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Absolutely. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Two things. Uh, Number one, my brother-in-law, Sean, uh, said to me when I was having all those car troubles, he said, listen, just get under there and start wrenching. You can do it. He said, you're a smart guy. Uh, you can read, you can study, you can fix your car. Mm-hmm. And that really changed everything. It was just that little nudge that I needed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then the second thing was, uh, and I've heard it from a few different people. The last person I heard it from was Wayne Carini from uh, Chasing Classic Cars. <laughs> Another he said, guest here on Cars, yeah? He's a great, he's a fun guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he, he said, no matter what your price range is, whether you're buying your daily driver or you're buying a multi-million dollar Ferrari, 
buy something that emotionally moves you and connects to you. And he yes. said, if you walk away from the car and you don't turn around and take a good look at it, then you've probably bought the wrong car. <laughs> yeah. and, and I tell people at Carfax, because, you know, we're, we're at Carfax, I'm talking about the latest, newest uh, Honda Civics, uh, Nissan uh, Maximas, practical Toyota Camrys, cars that people use every day, daily mm-hmm. drivers. And I tell them, I said, don't just buy it because the numbers work and it makes sense for you and it's practical. Make sure it does those things and and you love to look at it and you love to spend time on it. And what I what I tell them is think of your car like a friend because if if you, one of your best friends gets sick and they end up in the hospital, you don't mind going and spending money to get them to help. help. <laughs> yeah, there you, you know, go. So when your car breaks down, you feel like you're bailing out a friend. You, yep. you feel like you're helping them. And I know it sounds a little bit corny, but I'll tell you what, it does help because every car eventually, let's face it, it does break and you do need to put investment into it. And if you already don't like it that much, it's just going to be that much harder to write the check or to hand over the credit card if you have no emotional connection with it. So, oh, absolutely. You know, there's a couple of great things there. The, the look back, I do a weekly blog here at Cars yeah, And if you want to subscribe, you can do that on the website. One of my blogs was titled that, The Look Back. And if you it's have great. a car that you don't walk away from and turn and look back at, probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you. So. That's it. That's great. I'm glad you pick up on that too. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah. true. Oh, yeah. Now, how about a personal habit? Would you share with us one that you believe has helped contribute to your success? Yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about faith already in this podcast, mm-hmm. but, uh, certainly, um, it, you know, trusting in God has uh, definitely allowed me to take chances. We talked about that too. Um, it's also helped me to deal with failure because mm-hmm. I know that, uh, here's the great thing about faith for me. If I survive, I don't do it alone. And if I fail, I don't do it alone. And if I <laughs> succeed, I don't do it alone. Yeah. So it's great. And you know what else? It's, it's had this secondary effect where, even the greatest success really can't go to my head too much because I know I didn't do it all myself. And, uh, Humble. I think, I really do think that's helped a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but, but honestly, the flip side's probably even more valuable when I do fall short. I know that, uh, I, I haven't done this all by myself. Someone's got my back and it's going to be okay. So there you go. Um, yeah. Very nice. How about a resource? I know there's lots of them out there, but is there one in particular that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we talked about me being the senior editor for automotiveaddicts.com, but mm-hmm. I, I really want to plug my buddy, um, Malcolm Hogan's website. He does such a great job reviewing cars, uh, local news events, things like that. It's automotiveaddicts.com. And it's, it's just fun. He does a lot of great photography on there. We have a local cars and coffee event that we run and we do coverage for that. And there's a lot of helpful, uh, useful info on there, but, um, I really do think it's great. And I, as I've gotten busy with ever things, I haven't been able to invest as much time into that. But I've been able to become more of a fan of it and less of a contributor over time. And, and I'm telling you what, it's, it's top-notch work. And I know Malcolm uh, personally. He's been very vital to me and opened doors for me in the automotive industry. And I owe, him, I owe him more than I could even say on this podcast. Very nice. Well, I'll make sure that that gets listed. Uh, I'd love to meet Malcolm and have him a guest on the show here. So we'll have oh, to uh, great. have you connect us. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? I got the cheat and I got a hold of a preview copy of Bill Warner's new book called Cuba's Car Culture, Ooh. Celebrating the Island's Automotive Love Affair. He he co-wrote it with Tom Carter mm-hmm. and uh, Sir Sterling Moss did the foreword for it. And nice. it's it's a coffee table style book. I know it's a shameless plug for the Concord, but honestly, <laughs> it's 
it's really, really great. The photography's great. It's fun. You don't even have to be a car guy to appreciate this book. It talks about the history of Cuba, the car culture there. And I think what's so powerful about the history of Cuba and the car culture is how so much of it was over the last 50 years has been born out of necessity mm, and how, yeah. how, you know, so many of us, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this that have plenty of means and they can, they don't have to be as creative as guys like myself. When, when guys like myself, we have some means and we have to be pretty creative in order to find solutions for other things. Sure. The people in Cuba are inspiring. They mm. found solutions for things that, you know, just necessity is uh, the way to do it. So sure. I think I, I really have enjoyed it. And like I said, I, I got to cheat because it doesn't come out until, uh, Next month, and uh, we have a preview copy at the office that's been kind of floating around. And cool. uh, Bill certainly didn't. Uh, he's going to be embarrassed that I've even plugged <laughs> the book this much because he's so humble, but it's worthy. Well, I have a copy of that book. It's an awesome book. And actually, I'm going to have Bill and Tom on the show here together. We're going to talk about that book. So that'll be an upcoming show. I'll be in about three or four weeks, so our listeners can look forward to that. And by the time this show goes up, the book will be available, and you can find a link at carsyad.com. Listeners, again, you can enjoy all these great resources at Chris's own show notes page here at carsyad.com slash Chris Brewer. That's B-R-E-W-E-R. There's another great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books where this book will be listed when it comes out and all the past over 600 guests here books will be listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Chris, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'll buy you any car in the world today, what would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Wow. All right. I'm going to make this easy. <laughs> okay. I would get I would get a 1967 Toyota 2000 GT. The uh, market on those has gone out, uh, through the roof over the last few years. Um it's definitely my car crush. It's the car that the 240Z wants to be. Mm-hmm. Don't tell my don't tell my <laughs> Nissan friends that. But uh, frankly, it's rare enough where you just never see them on the road. At right. least not where I am. And uh, you know, it's uh, I hate to keep going back to the Japanese performance, but it, I do love it. I grew up with it. That car has always been the unicorn. You know, that's the one you just don't see it. Uh, they come up for auction here and there. Right. Um, they've definitely had a, uh, a surge in value oh, and yeah. in popularity over the last, uh, a few years. But I think if I could have anything, I mean, if money was no object, it would be something like that. Um, I also love, I'm going to be, uh, you know, another thing I really love is the target top Porsches. I just love them. I don't even care what year it is, Mark. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm so undiscerning. Uh, they pick on me at the Concord. They kind of call me like the Don Juan of cars because I kind of love them all. And I know that's terrible, but uh, no, I probably should be no, more discerning. No. But if it's got wheels, <laughs> I kind of like it. Here's my saying. I've been saying this forever. If it rolls on rubber, I like it. Yes, yeah, you I'm know, there. Sounds like you're right there with me. So the Toyota 2000 GT, what a, a marvelous car. Incredible design, uh, not imported to the U.S. when they first came out, so you couldn't even get them over here. But mm-hmm. I know several people up in the, here in the Pacific Northwest that have them, and I got Oof. to spend a day with one once years ago uh, in a photo shoot with one. Got to really get intimate with the car and learn a lot about it. Love the way the, the crazy way the headlights kind of roll over. When they yes. pop up, which is really unique and different. So, all right, a '67 Toyota 2000 GT. What color would you like? You know, I saw a red one at the uh, Meekum auction, and um, 
I almost drove off with it. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> I, I mean, it would, I would have went to prison because I, I obviously <laughs> didn't have the money to pay yeah. for it. But yeah, but I, uh, I definitely, my heart, my, I left part of my heart in the car. Let's just put it that way. All right. Well, I'll go find your red one and I'll drive it back to Jacksonville <laughs> from Thank uh, you. Gig Harbor, Washington here. Have a little bit of fun. You can fly up and we can do it together. But uh, I was going to say, please have me fly up. First. Absolutely. You're not doing that on your own. Road trip, road trip for sure. Well, Chris. You've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Toyota 2000 GT? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we all want to leave a legacy. We all want to um, be known for something. I think I want to be known as being someone who's generous. I really do. And uh, that doesn't necessarily just mean with money either. I, I mean... We need to be generous of spirit. Uh, we need to celebrate others. I think it's so important. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know anyone that gets angry that they're celebrated too much by somebody. Mm. I just don't. Yeah. I think, frankly, we don't celebrate each other enough. I, I think, and I'm going to get real personal. I think guys, especially, we just have a hard time telling each other that we love each other, that we care about each other, that, that we mean something to each other. And then those words that we don't share, those hugs that we don't give, Sometimes we regret them later on. So, yes. I, you know, that if you, if you see an opportunity to reach out, shake a hand, uh, hug a shoulder, tell somebody that you appreciate them, man, just do it because you, you'll never regret it. I promise you. Absolutely. Well, you're practicing what you preach, my friend, because you've given of yourself today to be a guest here on Cars Yeah and yeah. some of your valuable time. And I can't tell you how much that means to me. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and about Amelia Island Concours and all the different things you're involved in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you um, want to read about the stuff that I do, I do a, a weekly blog on carfax.com. Okay. Uh, I do mostly new car stuff. I also do car reviews for them, and you can find my profile page if you uh, go to the website. Cool. Jacksonville.com. I write a, a column there. That's the Florida Times Union's website. And then, of course, the Amelia dot org. Mm -hmm. And you can learn about the show. Uh, you can learn about what we're doing. You can buy tickets there. Uh, you can find out about um, hotel information. All kinds of great stuff is there. And, and I would encourage you to go on there monthly from now until March and just see how the show starts to evolve. There's going to be all kinds of great stuff uh, coming up in the near future. Absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Chris has been so kind to share on his own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Chris in the search bar. That page will pop up with all the links that he's referenced here, I encourage you to check them all out. Read what he's been doing. Follow the Amelia Island Concours as I do. Absolutely spectacular event. Thank you. Chris, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's been a real pleasure to to be on the show with you. I've been a fan for a, a while, and it's uh, really great to get to know you a little bit better through this. And uh, I just appreciate everyone who listens. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!